0: The Voice of Truth tells me a different story The Voice of Truth says do not be afraid And the Voice of Truth says this is for my glory
1: Out of all the voices calling out to me I will choose to live. You're listening to the Voice of Truth radio show with your host, State Senator Mike Azinger, my co-host, Pastor Brian Leversee. Leversee? Leversee. Leversee, the only show in America where there is the fusion of church and state. You're listening to it right now, folks. We're going to be taking on issues in culture, politics, current events, going to give give a biblical perspective on it, and we got a lot on the agenda today, Pastor. A lot going on every week, as usual, but... Uh, Critical race theory keeps keeps moving along. Uh, the good thing about it, we're seeing a lot of pushback. Mm. We're going to talk about that in uh, the second segment, and um, it's really encouraging to see uh, the fight against it mm. because it's such an insidious uh, insidious doctrine, if that's the right word, philosophy. Uh, so we're going to talk about that. We're you know, uh, th- segment three, pastor, is. Uh, I'm going to bring, like, a little uh, lesson from David Barton's book on the Jefferson Lies. Hmm. We talked about this last yeah. week. And um, on on the truth, uh, in this book, Jefferson addresses the seven major lies, or uh, Barton addresses the seven major lies against Jefferson. Because these, these uh, history revisionists want to destroy him, destroy mm-hmm. the Founding Fathers, because of what they believed. And and that's why they go after him. So, so one of the things about Jefferson was uh, I, he was a racist, hated black people, and so on. And he did it. he did own slaves. Uh, just a little teaser: Did you know? And I didn't know this till I read it. But uh, uh, he wanted to sell his slave, not sell. He wanted to free his slaves. Virginia passed a law that said you couldn't do it. Hmm. So he and others couldn't uh, get now. Uh, the 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 information in this book on just what what uh, Jefferson did that nobody knows about in terms of trying to to free the slaves even before 1776, mm-hmm. going way back. In uh, he, he was uh, at age 26, he was a men- member of the um, of the House of Delegates in, in Virginia. Virginia, they're called delegates. Also, a few states uh, they're called delegates. West Virginia, Maryland. Virginia there might be one other and then uh, then we're gonna talk about uh, etiquette
0: oh yeah finish up with that we've got to be polite
1: I think we're making uh, the mid Ohio Valley polite again I know I think so how would that go on a hat making... <laughs> it's a purple hat and... <laughs> so uh, but uh, so, some great things just happened I was telling I was telling you about this right before we came on in 11 on Ohio I was in politics in Ohio. Uh, way back when, and ran for Congress back then. One of the counties that I had was one of the uh, the collar counties around Cincinnati, and called Warren County. And um, as I was telling you, one of the most conservative Christian counties in Ohio, maybe in America. Just great people there. It's one thing uh, I had fourteen counties in the district I was running in, all all across Southern Ohio. And these folks in southern Ohio are are, are just like West Virginia folks, hmm. you know, just like um, Iowa folks, too, I'm sure, well, where you came from. But uh, salt-of-the-earth people. So in Lebanon, how about that for a, a biblical name? <laughs> you know there's bi- biblical names for cities and towns and everything mm-hmm. all across America, and we forget. Yeah. And we're so biblically ignorant now that we don't even recognize it. But here, here's a town, ironically, called Lebanon in um, – in Ohio, right outside of Cincinnati, and I had heard about this. Saw it on Facebook. A friend of mine uh, who lives in Lebanon is right in the middle of things. And, and another friend of my mutual friend of mine uh, from here sent me the story. So here it is, Pastor. Historic night where Lebanon, Ohio, will become Ohio's first sanctuary city for the unborn. Wow! How about that? That's great. Isn't that awesome? That means Lebanon can can no no abortion can take place in the town of Lebanon. Now mm-hmm. Lebanon is a little town, and uh, I assume there's a hospital there. Um, I don't know if there's an abortion clinic. I doubt it, but uh, there will there will be no abortions in mm-hmm. Lebanon because it's it's unlawful. It's against the law. They took a stand.
0: Well, hopefully this is a precedent for other cities and counties to stand up and say, "Hey, we can we can make similar pushes in our area." Uh, to eradicate this this whole process and business of abortion and to protect life. I mean, we have sanctuary cities for just about
1: everything yeah, else we, under the sun. Well, they took they took off like crazy for guns. Oh my goodness! Last year, the yeah. uh, year before last, because of this, uh, the the threats. Um, but um, there it is. So that's that's a great little story from from Ohio. A girl named uh, Lori Vyers, I'm showing past her the picture. If you, I she's. She's a she's a little ball of fire. Over there. She's a, cr- a firecracker. These uh, these moms, when they get on something, mm-hmm. can be the best crusaders in the in in the world. And we have them in this area. And, sh- and Lori Viers has been just a a crusader in the uh, in the Southwest Ohio area for for years and years. Mm-hmm. And I knew her twenty some years ago. And there she is. I hope that's a I hope that's a, like an AP picture or something like that. But there she is, and I'm sure that. Uh,
0: so, have you encountered this kind of legislation before? Is this something that's popped up that you know of uh, uh, anywhere before?
1: Yeah, I've just I've heard about it here and there. It's not like it's sweeping the country, but it is. Uh, it is happening. Hmm. Um, it is happening across the country. So, um, uh, I thought it'd be cool just to mention it. I just wanted to. First segment here. Just talk about a few things going on. You know, it was um, we're seeing Israel. Here's a, a statement from Israel pastor, or from uh, Charles Krauthammer. You remember him? Yeah. He was a he was a Fox News. He's a Jewish guy, intellectual, very interesting, and uh, was in a was in a diving accident at a young age. Mm-hmm. It was in a wheelchair, and I didn't know that. Most people didn't know it for many years. So he has this. I saw this quote of his, he says, Israel is the only nation on earth that inhabits the same land, bears the same name, speaks the same language, and worships the same God that it did three thousand years wow. ago.
0: That's that's amazing.
1: Is that is that incredible? Wow. And they were they're also the only nation that existed, ceased to exist, and came back into existence. But there's no God. There, of course, right. of course. There's no God. This has all happened by uh, uh, time plus chance. You know the evolutionary uh, movements uh, throughout the millions and billions of years. But uh, obviously, there's a God. Obviously, that little sliver of land surrounded by uh, millions of square miles of, of uh, Arab Muslim land. Mm-hmm. Somehow, it. Uh, it survives even though they're detested by them. Yeah. It's just stunning. It, and God them
0: preserves them, and yet he says in his word this too, and I believe this is this is directed toward the people of Israel. He says there will be no peace until the Prince of Peace comes. Mm. And that's, of course, for Israel. They, they won't have peace. They We're haven't not had gonna, peace. So there the, never will be peace in the Middle East. There never will be peace in the Middle East until the— and, and really it's going to be a fake peace when the Antichrist comes on. He's going to deceive the nation of Israel and bring them under his captivity with this, you know, covenant that he's going to make with them and he's going to break it halfway through the covenant term and that's going to bring in the great tribulation period, the, the final judgment of God on his people for turning their back on him. And then the Prince of Peace comes, and he comes to rule and reign and bring peace for a thousand years. And what a day that's going to be!
1: No way, we'll have justice and yeah. and peace. We'll have true peace. Uh, I was I was telling you about this. I was trying to think of this verse last week when we were talking. But uh, uh, in terms of of Israel, um, so Israel. Okay, so here it is. This is um, is this Ephesians. I forgot to write the. Scripture down. Tell me, ye that desire to be under the law, do do uh, do ye not hear the law? For it is written that Abraham had two sons, Hmm. right? That's where it started. One by a bondmaid, that would have been Hagar, Hagar, and the other by a free woman, that would have been Sarah. But he who was of the bondwoman was born after the flesh. Mm -hmm. So you got one of the flesh, but he of the free woman was by promise. So these two were Isaac and Ishmael, right? Yep. Um, which things are an allegory. So Paul saying, hey, th- this is an allegory that uh, God's teaching us here. For these are the two covenants, the one from the Mount Sinai, which gen- gendereth to bondage, which is Agar, or the law, right? For this Agar is Mount Sinai in Arabia, the law, right? Mm-hmm. And answereth the To Jerusalem, which now is, and is in bondage with her children. But Jerusalem, which is above, is free, which is the mother of us all. Mm -hmm. I had never seen that until (laughs) Jerusalem's the mother of us all. Mm. Mommy! (laughs) Um, Okay, so I'm going to skip a verse Uh, Now we, brethren, as Isaac was, are the children of promise, right? Mm -hmm. If we're in Abraham, we're the children of promise. But as then, he that was born after the flesh persecuted him that was born after the Spirit. So uh, Ishmael persecuted Isaac. Is that Mm -hmm. right? Am I okay? And Israel is being persecuted now, Mm -hmm. has always been persecuted and even so it is now uh paul says so we should expect as christians this if this is an allegory to be persecuted by the world absolutely we're not going to be loved by the world ever mm-hmm. right
0: and it's, it's on a physical realm, and it's on a spiritual realm, in, in the sense that, uh, you know, these uh, Arabian nations that are constantly in conflict with Israel is the physical manifestation of this. They're constantly attacking Israel. They're constantly attacking the right. promise of God. They want to take over the land. That land is a physical land, and it's also a spiritual land. You know, they want to take it over, just like we wake up every day and our flesh wants to take over our bodies. It right. wants to run our lives, and mm. we're to yield to the Spirit of God. And And the reason that we are able to have the promise is not because... I'm not a Jew. I don't, I don't think you are. I'm not sure you have any promise in we you. We
1: keep looking for it, but we can't... <laughs> yeah, but, I do have a... a, a my grandmother's maiden name was Holstein, and we're thinking maybe There you a, go. Well, maybe.
0: <laughs> well, regardless we who are Gentiles are grafted into the promise because we've accepted the Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ, as our Savior. And so we're grafted into this promise. And so we don't replace Israel. Israel is still a called, chosen people of God, but we're grafted into this promise. And uh, the Lord Jesus Christ died for all of our sin. And if we know him, we have the power of God in us to overcome the flesh. But every day, the Bible says the flesh lusteth against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And just like Physically, these Arabian nations attack the land and status of Israel. We wake up every day spiritually and the flesh wants to attack mm. and gain ground in our spirit. Yeah. and we've got to yield to to the Lord every day. It's a die daily kind of situation. take up my cross daily and follow him.
1: So. yes, man, we can't expect it. we can't expect to be loved by the world. Um, they that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Yep. That is the default position uh, should be persecution of some sort. and uh, uh,
0: Don't you find it fascinating, though, how everything that happens physically, like the, the whole situation there with uh, Hagar and Ishmael and Sarah and Isaac, everything physical, seems to have a spiritual message to it right isn't it amazing how god takes that and uses he, that and, he
1: just perpetually blows yeah. my mind you know paul said it's an allegory so he mm-hmm. so he was he was writing an allegory thousands of years before yeah. paul and paul writes it in a few sentences yeah. and and it's it's a lesson and that's how we learn uh and and, and god teaches us that way but uh it's, it's, it is amazing. Um, so speaking of the flesh lusting against the spirit or the world not liking um, Christianity, the original seal of Harvard University, folks, if you go to all, there's like there's eight, I think, Ivy League schools, Brown, Harvard, Princeton, Yale, and so on. Um, I think without exception, These Tier 1 Ivy League schools and Tier 2 schools like uh, Stanford—well, I don't know about Stanford, but—University of Chicago, these schools that started in the East were started by Christians. You know, uh, Pastor, the University of Chicago was started to train preachers to reach the Indians in uh, in the Midwest. That's right. So the original seal of uh, Harvard University said this, for Christ and the Church— Inscribed on it, the truth. Um, so it, it said, uh, "Veritas A, E-T, et," which is Greek for "and," Ecclesiastes, Christ and the Church, yeah. Christo a Cle- So that was its that was its uh, motto. Its seal had that on it. This um, what
0: produced preachers.
1: It was it was it was the first university. First school, it was a college in the country, mm-hmm. but it, the uh, the it land was, was given by Reverend John Harvard. Yeah, it was a Bible college. It was a Bible, it was a Bible college. <laughs> I mean, and, that, and that's so what pulls more. Yeah, yeah. Uh, many of these schools came out of uh, the Great Awakening mm-hmm. and, and revivals. So uh, it,
0: it used to be that people pursued wanting the call of God on their life, like like it was. It oh, be a lawyer, be a this, be a doctor, be a this. It was like. Boy, if your kid's going to grow up and be a minister of the gospel, boy, that's yeah, that's something. And now it's like everybody runs from that. Yeah, that's, it's that's sad. True.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, so this same educational philosophy was the foundation of nearly all the colleges in America. So I, was, I, 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 put that, I posted that on my Facebook page. That's pretty cool. Stephen McDowell posted that from Providence Foundation. And uh, I just wanted to... We'll do a we'll do a segment on people
0: don't know this. Do you, I no, mean, people, nobody no, knows no, this. No, no, but no. You no. think of Harvard and you think of the shirt that says Harvard on it, and you think of rowing boats, and you think of yeah, you know, you think of very all the very wealthy, and, yeah. very intelligent people. Yeah,
1: that uh, you have to have like a thirty-five. Uh, ACT to get into. so I wouldn't I, I was like at thirty four point nine I just oh, barely man. missed it you know so he probably this, could have gotten into Stanford this guy that uh, <laughs> yeah this guy that helped me with uh, get the the Bible in schools uh, uh, law passed in the Senate uh, is a teacher in um, a professor at uh, Cal State he was <laughs> he graduated first in his class at Harvard. And I said, hey, that's something we have in common. That's great. <laughs> that's great. You, you sat guys, next was, to it, right? Your parents must have been. I remember how proud my parents were when I walked across that stage. Uh, All right. So, how much time we got? Let me uh, let me just mention a couple of things. So, um, oh, Supreme Court unanimously rules that warrantless gun seizure, seizures are illegal. This mm. was a nine to zero rule. Wow. Are you kidding me? Nine to zero. Wow, Supreme Court. So what happened was is some some police uh went into a house. Um guy guy was there was a domestic violence thing and uh the cops came. The guy said, "Hey, I'm good. I'm good." And uh he was, you know, he was going to try to kill himself. His wife said, "Okay, he's cool now." And um they the police decided, however, that they would go in go ahead and go into the house. Without a warrant, without permission, walk in and see if he had guns. <laughs> and I don't know if they took guns or what they did when they got in there. But this guy sued, and he won nine nothing. Wow! Big deal. That's yeah. a uh, that's a great. That's quite a
0: precedent for for you know what they I think ultimately want to do, which is to be able to come in at which will is that. and take the, they, take the weapons. Yeah. Yes,
1: that's what they ultimately want yeah. to do. Um, and then uh, one, one more little thing here. We're going to get to next segment. Don't go away. We're going to talk about uh, critical race theory, some great things going on. And we've got some great news, great stories that we're going to tell. But um, this, is, this is, to me, is a, a little bit of a, a pop-up story, that, kind of a telltale thing. Oregon counties vote to secede into Idaho. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Too much excitement going on. Wow. Not enough excitement in Oregon. Hey, we're going yeah. to Idaho. Yeah. That's where the action is. We want to pick potatoes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. But what this tells me is, though, that um, uh, Oregon's run by Portland, mm-hmm. which is a very leftist uh, town. That's where all these uh, occupied neighborhoods happened and mm-hmm. the burnings of these federal buildings. And... Uh, so these, these out out counties and this is many states have this one city uh makes their state a blue state. Mm-hmm. But these other counties right. there's conservatives out there. And these these counties are saying, No, we don't want any part of this because the big city is determining what the laws are that mm-hmm. affect us too and they're all liberal. We're out, We're of, out here. of here. And but, I think this is gonna happen.
0: And they got they got enough votes. I mean, when I when I was well, reading through things, it sounded like they're going to make some headway on this yeah, thing. Well, like, like they have to, they have to capitulate to this. Almost. Well, I
1: think I think there's a certain process it has to go through. I mean, there's a, but this has happened in a couple other places, and you can't just up and say, okay, right. we're leaving. Right. There has to be approval, maybe from Congress or something like this. Okay. It's a very difficult thing, but what it says to me though is, is that you you, you could potentially be Seeing the the beginnings of the balkanization mm-hmm. of our country to where uh, the red state this red state blue state thing is uh, the red state folks going to say look we don't we don't want these blue staters ruling over us mm-hmm. with their ungodliness with their LGBT with their uh, unconst- they're hating the Constitution hating the Declaration of Independence hating freedom hating God hating church. Uh, we're out of here right so we'll see all right we got lots to talk about and i talked too much in that segment we'll be back uh you're listening to the voice of truth radio show with mike azinger brian Leversey. we're going to talk about critical race theory next don't go away Welcome back to the Voice of Truth Radio Show. I'm uh, your host, State Senator Mike or my co-host, Pastor Brian Leversey in the house with me. We're talking culture, politics, current events from a biblical perspective. And uh, so this segment, we're going to talk about critical race theory, folks, because it is coming on down the tracks and it's uh, it's not going away. But the, the encouraging thing, Pastor, is the pushback that hmm. is happening uh Around the country, yeah. and we're going to talk about that. This segment, uh, starting with, uh, well, let me just let me just give you the uh, uh, the, the the lone story that I found anyway. Uh, Baltimore County Schools send teachers to white supremacy class. Wow. Okay, that's critical race theory. Yep. And I say one story. There's a bunch of stories like this that I that I could have brought in, but I wanted to. Uh, talk more about the pushback that's going on. So here, here we are. Here's a story: Baltimore County schools that are awful anyway. Mm-hmm. All these big city schools, look, they're awful. They're just, they are just, they're robbing these kids of any kind of of legitimate life. Yeah. Because they can't even read oftentimes when mm-hmm. they come out of these schools. But the Baltimore schools that they want to uh, send teachers. To white supremacy class, and that's what this is. I always remember this is a Marxist theory, folks. It's, it's Marxist in that you have an, an oppressed and an oppressor. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's what that's what Karl Marx did. He and did everybody it. fits into those two categories. Everybody does. <laughs> yeah, and most most people. Uh, so so white white males especially are the the oppressors, right? Yeah. So we're the ones to 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 be hated and uh uh and and uh, like you often say about there there is there is no way out of this uh there's no redemption there's no forgiveness in right. critical race theory it's all about revolution yeah we're going to fix this you can't they teach they they're teaching little kids to be to feel guilty for being white yeah their whole life they're going to feel guilty, and there's no way to expunge that guilt yeah. that's being oppressed on them by by the—it's a religion, yeah. Pastor, yeah. right? It is. And it's evil, and uh, so we're going to take it on here a, a little bit. By the way, just an aside, uh, this, is, th- this is the root problem of it. You'll agree with this. 43% of millennials—this is one of the root causes—43% of millennials— stated they either don't know, don't care, or don't believe God exists. 43%. Wow. wow.
0: I mean, how can then not have an impact on the way you view yourself, your identity, your world, those that are around you? If God isn't there, where do we get our love? Where do we get our understanding of our purpose? Where do we get forgiveness? We don't. We get Two groups being able to be put at each other's throat until the government can be the redemptor and come in with its regulations and its uh, laws and rules and have control over people mm. so that they don't feel like they're oppressed anymore. And that's, that's the setup. That's the setup right there to get the government involved and in charge is to put normal people at each other's throats. And they're doing it through race and race baiting and this critical race theory.
1: Yeah, and there's some books coming out. If you want to read on this, uh, Mark Levin's got a book coming out. It's going to be a big book uh, called American Marxism. Uh, I listen to him a lot, and he addresses this a lot. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't give a biblical worldview, but he, he has a lot of great perception Historical on
0: Historical knowledge about these things. Uh, yes. Too. He,
1: I mean, he, he's a student. He's a very intelligent Jewish guy. Um, but uh, you can get his podcasts uh after you listen to our podcast, right. Levin yeah. would be number. Might two. not even need it after that. <laughs> That's right. So Levin's uh, a great teacher on on the issue, and he's got a book, American Marxism. Then a a, a man named Vody Bachum, V o d d i e, Bachum, b a u c h, what U-M-A-M. Oh, big black guy oh, could have been a pro football player, but he's an intellect. He's a mm-hmm. Christian intellect, and he's got a book also. I meant to bring it with me. I think it's called fault lines. But um so anyway, uh th- this is a this is a, a neo-Marxism. Neo being like a new the, the latest form of Marxism is what critical race theory is and it's all about pitting two groups against each mm-hmm. other. The Marx did it with uh economically. He was hoping to see the bourgeoisie and the proletariat boom against yeah. each other. Never happened. Um so, uh, But Marx is a very godless uh, man, and Marxism is a very godless ideology. So here's the most, uh, the most exciting one, and this just happened last week, Pastor. Governor Ron DeSantis, watch this guy, either for president or yeah. vice president. Yep. Governor Ron DeSantis vows to ban critical race theory in Florida schools. Now, what he did last week, by the way, is he just went after social media. He punched them in the face, hmm. and passed a bill down there, passed a law that that uh, is is putting restraints on the the uh, persecution of these social media groups in terms of how they're they are uh, uh, just uh, on, on their platforms. They're they're just persecuting. Christians, uh, well, they're not giving them a voice.
0: They're shutting them down. They're uh, questioning the veracity of any statements by somebody
1: who has a biblical worldview. They're erasing your your posts. They are right. And so this is a uh, this is a very exciting thing and a very uh, a great uh, great job he's doing down there. But here he is with with uh, critical race theory in Florida schools. He says, "Look, it's gone. It's it's not coming." It's not coming to Florida. We're not going to allow it. Florida is a big state. Florida, yeah. and he's a he's he's uh, becoming a, a real leader mm-hmm. in in issues like this uh, in the country. One of the one of the top dogs. He's just is not afraid. He's a fearless guy. He's a smart guy. He's a he was a marine, so he's he got a military. He's like a very principled guy. Like he he, he just, does. Yeah. I don't think he's a believer. I I don't know that you would say uh, he's he's born again. Never never heard that. Mm-hmm. But boy, he he just is is just doing a, a great job. So there we go with the uh, the first major resistance to critical race theory from Governor Ron DeSantis. In Florida. So where else? Well, Texas. Texas Senate passes a bill that bans critical race theory. I'm just going to read a second from this one just because it's got some uh, great information in it in terms of, in terms of uh, what critical race theory is because it, it can be uh, difficult to grasp and a little hard to understand for me anyway. So the Texas State Senate passed a bill on uh, May 22nd that prohibits schools from mandating CRT. According to the bill text, teachers, administrators, and employees from state agencies. So this is to the gov- government, too. Uh, Trump passed an executive order before he left that banned critical race theory to be taught in the sco- yeah. in the government. Yeah. Biden, first thing he did, overturned it. Yeah. First thing he did. Who's controlling Biden? Yeah. Marxists are. Um, so – uh, the bill addresses uh, teachers, administrators, employees from st- state agencies, school districts, open enrollment charter schools, etc., are prohibited from teaching students that one race is inherently superior to another race or sex. That's what critical race mm-hmm. theory is. Uh, so, uh, also uh, superior to another race or sex, or that. An individual is in- inherently racist, sexist, or oppressive by virtue of their race or sex. So uh, CRT teaches that if you're white, you are by definition, you are inherently racist. Right. If you're a man, you're inherently sexist or whatever. A teacher may not be compelled to discuss current events or widely debated and currently controversial issues of public policy or social affairs. They can't do it in the in social studies uh, in the social studies curriculum in Texas history in U.S. history world history government civics social studies or similar subjects. Any of these, they can't teach CRT. The bill also requires that the state board of education adopt civic education to help students. Understanding the Moral, Political, and Intellectual Foundations of U.S. History. Hmm. So this bill also says, look, not only are we going to not teach CRT, but we're going to teach, and this is Texas, we're going to teach uh, moral, political, and intellectual foundations of, of, of America. The moral, political, yeah. and uh, intellectual foundations. Yeah. The, the, and that's a great principle because when when uh, a demon is cast out, you got to— replace it with something, or a whole bunch more come yeah. in, right?
0: What I like about just old school history, you know, like I grew up on, where you actually learn the history that happened, is it doesn't sugarcoat the bad things that happened either. You know, it points yeah. out the flaws. It points out the sins. You know, even, even in Scripture, it does that. Do you realize that God doesn't sweep the sin under the rug? He talks he never, about the sins of does. David. Yes. He talks about the sins of his own people that he called to himself, the children of Israel, and their idea, their uh, idolatry, and their sacrifice. Sacrificing of babies to the yeah. God Molech and putting them through the fire. So he doesn't sweep it under the rug. You don't have to you don't have to villainize everything in order to purge or redeem it. No, in fact, you have to understand that humanity from the beginning is broken and sinful, and that we need to have resolution through the only way we can, which is forgiveness through the Lord Jesus Christ. And like you said. Critical race theory gives no conduit for forgiveness. It gives no conduit for unity. It gives no conduit for making things right. It's it's there strictly to be divisive and to tear down the fabric of who we are as Americans. Americans are not racist. There have been people who've been sinful, who have oppressed other people in all kinds of different ways throughout history, but to try to paint everybody as inherently racist because they're born a certain color is racist itself
1: it is that it's just it's reverse racism yep. I it gets a good observation um uh, uh, but it, it's it's their own religion they create their own sins yeah. you know this is uh this is a, a sin and uh
0: well i think a lot of people have a hard time reconciling this there's a white police officer and you get him on the 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 tv or you get him on the media and you start questioning the motives and things of why he does something. And, you know, there there are police officers who have done things. There are pastors. I'm a pastor. There are pastors who have done bad things. There are politicians who've done bad things. But to categorize every person that fits that particular piece of your agenda as being an evil person inherently because of the way they were born, because they were born white or they were born... Uh, or they or, or they work a certain profession, they're a police officer or they're a pastor because of, of one person who does something bad is just using that as a vehicle to promote your own agenda. And that's what's happening with this critical race theory is, you know, you've got police officers who are out there right now and they're, they're, they're afraid to do their job because they're afraid they're the next person that's going to be up on the chopping block mm-hmm. being used. For this, this huge movement of critical race theory, am I four police officers doing bad things? No. They should be held accountable if they do bad things. Absolutely. But to say every police officer who is of this nationality or every police officer who is part of this particular program are bad inherently racist and this, that's a bunch of garbage. How can you, how can you resolve that and go from point A to point B on yeah, that kind it, of logic?
1: It, it, right. And it's insidious. And it's also – uh, the kind of thing that destroys a, a society, absolutely. Uh, and that's what critical race theory does. Also, it, it uh, Marxism is is about uh, this whole defund the police. This is about destroying uh, order mm-hmm. so that you can bring about a despot. That's what Marxism wants to do. It wants to erase the order, cre- create chaos, erase the order. And part of erasing the order is to destroy the whole. Uh, police structure, mm-hmm. which is what brings order, and then bring in a despot because because you can't have chaos. People mm-hmm. will not tolerate chaos, and they'll say, "Hey, give us some kind of a leader." And it's it's a, it's uh, generally a, a well,
0: despot. And I think this is just the beginning. I mean, think about this. This is how they're doing that. They're coming in and they're saying, okay, these police officers or these people in this corporation or these people that are part of our entity haven't gone through the proper training yet. So they're not going to be able to be police officers. They haven't gone through the brainwashing to know that because they're white, they're inherently racist and that they have to deny their own whiteness in order to be able to properly carry out their job. So this this police unit is no longer uh, a proper police unit. We'll bring in our federally trained, federally programmed They've gone through our critical race theory propaganda. Uh, they know that they're bad because they're they're white or they're this or they're that or the other thing. They've been reprogrammed. They've been conditioned. So these are the real police now. They're going to police the way we've taught them to police the right way. Mm-hmm. Now, 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 think about that. Now it's the corporations because a lot of the corporations are mandating this critical race theory acknowledgement yeah. in order to work for their corporation.
1: And do you know who a lot of these corporation heads are now? They're millennials. Mm-hmm. These same millennials who don't believe in God. So it's it's the young folks that uh, you're a millennial. uh, It's your your generation. Can you You get with it? Blame me right here on the. Why are you sitting here? Go tell your millennials (laughs) to straighten up. Utah legislature moves to ban critical race theory. So there's Utah doing it. Critical race theory. South Dakota lawmakers move to reassert control. Um, and then here's here's a few other good things. Black anti woke movement busts critical race theory agenda on racial disparities. So uh, there's this uh, a, a group of, of black folks called Take Charge who are saying, "Look, this is this is a bunch of garbage," to use the word. Uh, that you just use, I would never use uh, such a mundane, <laughs> crass word. Uh, superintendent, diversity director, double down on blatant anti-white segregation. So this is a story out of uh, a state—I don't know which one—and <laughs> <laughs> and so here's the good news. So we're talking about you—you you, know—the uh, education system has been uh, in. Had problems for 50, 60 years. Look, the Christian school movement didn't start just now Right. when critical race theory. It, we've had problems for years, and it started with taking God and the Bible out of the schools, mm-hmm. period. For 350 years, our our schools in America taught about God, taught the Bible, had prayer, and we mm-hmm. took it out.
0: For Christ and the church, just for like Christ the Christ and crest like crest Harvard and, did.
1: Yeah, Harvard. And uh, so what we have to do is we have to put something in back in when we remove critical race theory and these other uh, these other problems, um, and it has to involve God. And the 1776 commission that Trump started is is uh, brings a lot of hope in that direction. So there's a, a big battle going on with that, and uh, I just wanted to bring about some uh, some some good news on the horizon in terms of. The, the battle for critical race theory is being fought now, mm-hmm. and I think people—you know—we've we, been saying for years, "Wake up, America!" I think America this is waking up, to, yeah. and and yeah. I think we've been awake for you know eight, ten years maybe, mm-hmm. and I think that the whole, uh, the whole Trump, uh, the whole Trump fight was was a part of America waking up.
0: We have to quit saying, "Oh, this can't happen here. Oh, oh, this isn't really happening. Oh, you know, this really isn't that bad. Oh, this this pos- this can't possibly take." No, we got to stop saying that because it is. And people, are, I think, now are starting to stand up, and they are starting to be vocal about it. And we do have some good leadership in some states that are standing up and banning these types of um, brainwashing uh, ideologies that are coming into our school systems and our government and, and even into some of our corporations.
1: That's a great point. Solzhenitsyn, like we talked about last week, said that. Mm-hmm. And there's something about living in the, the moment where it—, it, it you, you you don't really grasp it like you would reading in a, in a book about something that happened long ago. Mm-hmm. You know, when history is happening right around you, it's really hard to to understand the the dire consequences that of 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 what's going on and what you're seeing happening and and um I think that I think that America is really really uh moving into dangerous dangerous waters mm-hmm. and uh, we've been moving in this direction for many years. But uh, so we, we got to stand up and fight and uh, fight for the Lord. We're going to talk a little bit in the next segment about Jefferson. Was Jefferson a racist? Was he? Uh, was he as evil as the left says he was? He was not, and I'm going to tell you why. You're listening to Voice of Truth Radio. Don't go away. Welcome back to the Voice of Truth radio show. This is Mike Gazinger with Brian Leversee, pastor of Fellowship Baptist Church. I'm your state senator. If you live in my district, if you don't, I'm not. <laughs> what do I have? i got Wood County. i got Work County. i got half of Roan County, and i got Pleasance County. I don't have any of Ohio. Hmm? I assume uh, the, our radio waves get across the river into Ohio. I think they Iowa. do. There's yeah.
0: not like some a force field or something there? I don't there think that, there is. We could look into it. Uh, if so, we can take it down.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: I've got a lot of buttons here. I think if I push one, we can make Try that. it. Start
1: pushing Let's <laughs> get, get rid of that force field. I mean, give me a break. All right. So i are going to talk a minute about Jefferson. Jefferson was uh, one of the top-tier uh, founding fathers, and he wrote the Declaration of Independence. Read it sometime, folks. the The, the beauty of his writing mm. is really, really unappreciated, I think, by our generation. But, uh,
0: and by the way, full of uh, principles from God's word. It,
1: it, it, there, there are right, mm-hmm. and and um, it, it, he just he just just his list of grievances against Great Britain. You you read those and you think, uh, golly, it's a lot worse now. <laughs> We're a bunch of wimps, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, we are. All right, so. Um, yeah, we were talking during the break, Pastor made a good point, just about uh, the, whole, the whole structure of slavery that existed during Jefferson's and uh, the founding fathers' years. Some of them were slave owners. Jefferson was, Washington was, but that doesn't mean they were pro-slavery. It seems right. like a paradox, and it is, but uh, for example, Jefferson wa- at one time was wanting to free his slaves— but couldn't do it because Virginia passed a law that said you can't free your slaves. Had you ever heard that? I had I never, never heard, heard that either. until yeah. I just read it. So uh, there's a um, attack device. A device is what David Barton calls it in his book called modernism, which examines historical events and persons as if they occurred and lived today. Mm-hmm. That's what that's what folks today do. They say, "Well, look, if 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 I was." Uh, in the slave days, I wouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. Okay, really, really. So uh, you're you're fighting for, uh, to get outlaw abortion, then I assume, right? Because abortion uh, uh, centuries from now, people are saying, well, uh, "Why didn't you get rid of abortion? Why were you pro-choice?" Um, so these folks. But here's the thing about here's the thing about Jefferson is his history on slavery is is phenomenal. It's it's profound. And I'm going to read some from this book called The Jefferson Lies by David Barton. And uh, just from an early age, as an early politician pastor, with he was 26 years old, I believe it was. So here it is. Here's the first instance. Uh, in 1769, at the age of 26, Jefferson began his polit- political career as a member of the Virginia legislature. I'll bet you a a, a whole lot of folks didn't even know he was in the legislature. Mm -hmm. Shortly after entering that body, he approached respected senior legislator Richard Bland and proposed that the two of them undertake an effort in that body for the permission of the emancipation of slaves. So he goes up to Richard Bland, who's an elder statesman, and he says, hey, uh, hey, uh, Delegate Bland, uh, let's uh, undertake, quote, an effort in that uh, for the permission of the emancipation of slaves, end quote. Let's get rid of slaves, Delegate Bland. What do you think of that, Jefferson said? Colonel Bland offered the motion. Jefferson seconded it, but it was defeated resoundingly. Hmm. But they offered the motion to get rid of slaves. In 1770, Jefferson represented a slave in court arguing for his freedom. Wow. Under the law, Jefferson said, under the law of nature, all men are born free, Jefferson Mm -hmm. said. Jefferson lost the case in 1772. He also argued a a similar case. In 1773 and 1774, a number of American colonies, including Rhode Island, Connecticut, Pennsylvania, uh, passed anti-slavery laws, all of which were struck down by the king in 1774. Mm -hmm. In 1776, Jefferson uh, wrote—listen to this. Now, this is is phenomenal because this involves what Jefferson wanted to put into the Declaration of Independence. In 1776, Jefferson wrote a draft of the original state constitution for Virginia and included a provision— that said, quote, no person hereafter coming into this country, which is Virginia, this is when he wrote the Virginia Constitution, shall be held in slavery under any pretext whatever. So when he, when Jefferson wrote the Virginia Constitution, he said, nobody that comes in the state of Virginia can be made a slave. That's Jefferson saying that. Hmm. That provision was rejected by the state convention. So <laughs> the people of Virginia, they were Southerners. Nope, we're not doing that. It's like South Carolina and Georgia. They were heavy, heavy slave states. They fought to keep slavery alive. Virginia, the same. Later in 1776, as a member of the Continental Congress, the Continental Congress, of course, was what existed before uh, it switched over to the, the, the Congress we have now. Uh, as a member of the Continental Congress, Jefferson drafted the Declaration of Independence. We know that. He wrote it. Among the grievances... Impelling America's separation from Great Britain, Jefferson listed the the fact that the king would not allow individual colonies to end slavery Hmm. or to end the slave trade, even when they wished to do so. This is what Jefferson wrote. This is what he wanted to put into the Declaration of Independence. Jefferson wrote, he, uh, talking about King George III, "...has waged cruel war against human nature itself, violating its most sacred rights of life and liberty in the person of a distant people which never offended him, captivating and carrying them into slavery in another hemisphere, or or to incur miserable death in their transportation thither, because many of them died in the ships. He has determined to keep open a market where men should be bought and sold." Mm -hmm. That's what Jefferson wrote, to be put in the Declaration of Independence. Unfortunately, Barton uh, uh, reading Barton here, unfortunately Jefferson's anti-slavery clause was deleted from the Declaration in compliance to South Carolina and Georgia. Hmm. Jefferson was going to put that in there. Thomas Jefferson. Folks, you're being lied to about Thomas Jefferson. Although Jefferson's clause, let me see how much time we got. Let me jump over here to uh, 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 this quote by Jefferson in terms uh, in the context of slavery. He said, "Indeed, I tremble for my country when I reflect that God is just, that His justice cannot sleep forever. The way I hope is preparing under the auspices of heaven for total emancipation." Hmm. Jefferson wanted emancipation back. In seventeen uh, what eighty one, I guess this was. He was hoping for emancipation. Mm-hmm. All right, so here's uh, here's one more here, uh, Pastor. Look at the time here. In seventeen eighty four, Jefferson returned to service in the uh, Continental Congress, where he introduced a provision. Listen, folks, seventeen eighty four. This is this is uh, after the Declaration of Independence. This is. Uh, Oh, uh, this is uh, anyway, in seventeen eighty four Jefferson returned to service in the Continental Congress, where he introduced a provision to end slavery in every territory that would eventually become a state in the nation. Hmm. Every new state um, you couldn't become a slave state is what Jefferson proposed. His proposal stated that quote, after the year eighteen hundred of the Christian era, there shall be, be neither slavery nor involuntary servitude in any of the said states. 1789, the Federal Congress took Jefferson's anti-slavery proposal from 1784 and included it in the Northwest Ordinance. The Northwest Territory uh, was was new territory where new states were about to be carved up, and the Northwest Ordinance that ruled over these territories said, no slaves. Which states were these? Minnesota, Ohio, Michigan, Illinois, Indiana, Wisconsin. If you go right up the road here, Pastor, Go across the river at the Williamstown Bridge. You will go into Marietta, Ohio. Marietta, Ohio is the oldest town in the Northwest Territory. That's where the Northwest Territory started. All those states in that territory, Ohio, Minnesota, Michigan, Illinois, Indiana, Wisconsin, were under the Northwest uh, Ordinance, which said, because of what Jefferson said five years earlier, there cannot be any slave states created in the Northwest Territory. Mm -hmm. It's amazing How about that yeah Jefferson yeah. so uh, there is a lot more here and um, maybe we'll come back and do it some someday but uh, uh, there's a- an interesting guy a-, a guy named Edward Coles who worked for he was the private secretary to James Madison uh, when he was when Madison was president and Coles uh, wrote to him, Jefferson look we need to get rid of these slaves. And Jefferson, at the time, was a very old man, said, look, it's not my ba- – I'm, I'm just – I'm old and worn out. I can't do it now, but you can do it. And uh, so what did Coles do? He he was in Virginia where you weren't allowed to let your slaves be freed. He took his slaves to the Northwest Territory, Illinois, gave them all 160 acres apiece. Wow. Freed them all. Hmm. That's great. <laughs> I don't know if I do that. I don't. I don't know that I'm that good of a Christian. You know. All right, you're listening to the Voice of Truth Radio Show. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back to the Voice of Truth Radio Show, and I'm your host, Pastor Mike A. Singer. <laughs> Here with Senator Brian Leversey. Hey, listen, I don't need that job. <laughs> Should we just switch for a while? I'd like to try preaching up there, you know. That'd be great. See, see if I can keep everyone away. That's it. Can you throw – you ever think about, like, throwing stuff at us while we're just – people nodding off? Now know? I'm going to think about that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's a great I idea. I
1: toothpicks from my eyes. You can't see them from up, from up there. All right, so we got townandcountrymag.com. Oh, no, i got to scroll all the way up because I want to tell the – I want to say the name – of the article 50 little social etiquette rules everyone should follow that that, that means us if it's everyone else so. oh, that yeah. stinks okay so we got to uh we got all the way to 20 to 25 so i'm going to read last week's use your turn signal hear me out there folks wash your hands after using the bathroom yes. uh, uh, amen. you really <laughs> amen <laughs> park your shopping shopping cart shopping cart on the side of the aisle yeah Get with it, folks. Ask permission to use someone's first name. Yeah. And clean up after yourself. Is my teenager listening? Can you find out for him? Number 26. Here's the five new ones for this week. We got 50, so folks, we're going to be doing these for a while. Um, wait a day before reacting to a snarky email or text. Hmm. You know who used to do that? Lincoln used to do that. He'd get a nasty letter and he would sit down and write a reply to it right away, and then he'd throw it away, huh. and I think that's good for because uh i I've learned this on Facebook the hard way, but man you somebody says something like the last the last description of me by an enemy on Facebook was uh, I was called a reptile. <laughs> <laughs> So, <laughs>
0: the, the reptilian <coughs> fusion
1: of churches. Yeah, but I took it as a compliment because some reptiles are good. They're cool. Hey, if you have a black snake hanging around, that's good. That's They're good. eating mice.
0: That's good. So well, I've been preaching on Sunday mornings about, through Nehemiah, and one of the focuses on Nehemiah is how he tends to respond instead of react. And I mm-hmm. think when we when we try to— do something right away whenever somebody offends us. It tends to be more reactionary than a good response to it. So yes. it's good to take your time to to pray and kind of think about what's been said, and then see if there's any truth to it. See if there's anything that you can yeah. benefit from, and then actually respond if you feel led to do yeah, so. Yeah,
1: and that's a good point, Pastor. Because do you know what? Sometimes when you get criticized, um, it's accurate. Yeah, <laughs> it can't be. Either. I read in Reader's Digest years ago. If one person, if one person. Uh, criticizes you, it. If two persons criticize you, uh, put on. Uh, look for hoof prints. No, if if one person calls you a uh, donkey, uh, disregard it. If two persons call you a donkey, uh, look for hoof prints. If three persons call you a donkey, put on the saddle. <laughs> so there is there is uh, yeah. Yes. So don't because uh, what you're mad when someone first criticizes. <laughs> okay. Hey, you're going to be mad. Um, all right, so wait a day before you get mad, folks, and then push your chair in when you leave a table. Mm, yeah, push that chair in.
0: I've got a bad habit where um, I'm getting ready to leave the house, and I sit, I pull a, a chair out from our dining room set to sit down and put my shoes on, so I can get them on. Yeah, and then I leave and I forget to push the chair back in. Uh-oh. And, uh Oh, and I've got to start Is that being like kinder. of my, sin, it's, it's, it's like come the worst up with thing. Better than that? Oh man, I repent of it every day. <laughs> it's horrible. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, uh, excuse me. All right. Uh, <clears throat> 28. Where did I get 28. Ask before bringing a guest.
0: I don't know. I don't have, any, I don't have I to never say about that one. I didn't get invited anywhere. Oh, <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, me either. Right? That's, that's what say. Uh, invite, who, who gets invited anywhere? Nobody. Do people
0: actually have engagements anymore? Like Do that?
1: people even. Actually, I saw this co- comedy bit on. Uh how in the old days, you know, when I was a kid 40, forty, fifty years ago, people stopped by. Oh hey, look look, look who came by. Yeah. Come on in. You know, you give 'em uh Nobody says cake like that, and either. coffee. Now if somebody rings your doorbell, <laughs> this community said, uh shh yeah. did you invite anybody? <laughs> Stay down. Turn the lights <laughs> off. <laughs> Call, turn the lights <laughs> off, Lily said. And that's the truth, isn't it? Yeah. That's the truth. All right. Ask before bringing a guest, folks. Get with it out there. 29, wait until everyone has been served to start eating. Hmm.
0: Now, we practice, like with our kids and stuff in the house, is that you don't take your first bite until the person who's prepared the food sits down to take the bite.
1: Yeah, that's good, too. Yeah. And generally, that would uh, not be you, right? (laughs) I wait. (laughs) I wait. It's not. Nobody wants me preparing the food. Yeah, me either. Um, Be a good dinner guest. That's kind of general, but um...
0: you know what? I've got a funny story about that. There was this guy loved him to death. He he attended our church uh, back in Arizona when uh, when I was growing up. And uh, he was invited over to eat at uh, some friend's house. And this lady had made an um, angel food cake, you know, one of those yeah. real poofy type cakes. I love, it. I love that stuff too. You pour some strawberries over it. Yeah. But she puts the cake down and the strawberry goo next to it. And he proceeds to pick up the entire cake off of the plate, the entire cake, the whole thing. <laughs> and he wads it up into a little ball about the size of a ping pong ball and pops the whole thing into his mouth. Are you kidding me? <laughs> no. Just the visual of that makes me laugh when I think about that. That is not a good dinner to folks. That is not a good dinner to He
1: is the reason this article was written. I I think I can see his picture. I got a little picture with each one of these. And the pictures, you folks can't see them. If you look it up uh, on the Internet, you can. But they're all from like the 1950s and 60s. When people
0: actually had manners. When
1: people had manners, people knew how to dress. Everyone's in a suit and tie. The ladies are all prim and proper in their dresses or their you know, uh, I lost I lost my pictures, but uh, uh, anyway, it makes it's a great little touch to it, and it makes you you know the old pictures and the old days. You, you, you remember seeing the pictures of the, the baseball games back then. Everyone had a tie on. Yeah, I remember the story hat and tie. Hat and tie. Uh, uh, if you went fishing, you had a you had a tie on. I think. <laughs> Uh, Andy Griffiths show he went in his uniform remember mm-hmm. right down the road yeah. all right we're out of here folks starting to get downhill <laughs> tune in uh tune in next week we'll be on uh, we're on every Thursday 5 p.m Saturday at 3 p.m you're listening to the voice of truth radio show we appreciate you listening folks god bless you have a great day I will choose to